Hi guys. Welcome back to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And we're ready to get started. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk about the... We'll just jump into the coffee, right? You don't have anything else you want to say? Yeah. Anything else you want to chat about? Um, what shows are you watching currently? Oh, yeah. We were going to talk about that. <laughs> um, so, if you guys haven't started yet, it's um, I'm watching American Horror Stories. It's, like, the different... From, like, the regular season that they did. Um, they just released it a couple weeks ago, actually. It's, like, anthology episodes yeah. instead of an anthology series, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know, they're all connected so far. Ah, I need to start it. Yeah, I think I'm only like three or four episodes in, but it's really good. I have always loved American Horror Story. I feel like it's always scared the shit out of me, and I haven't been scared for like a while in their seasons, though. Yeah. Like, well, this year, like the season that's coming out soon from them. Looks mm-hmm. like it can possibly be yeah creepy because yeah. this one's like creepy but like you expect it almost or okay. like I don't know I don't know how to explain it I'll it's good though are you watching watch. anything uh Timo and I were watching Gotham and now we've been in like watching the show Manifest I had watched the whole first season mm-hmm. and then I restarted it with him because I fell out of it. And now we're into the second season, so I'm finally into stuff that I haven't seen. You know what? I actually, I started it, and then I was like, I think the acting is a little, like, cheesy. I don't know if I like this. And then, of all people, I tell, I'm, like, talking to my dad, and he's like, yeah, I'm watching that new show, like, Manifest. And I'm like, he's like, the acting is so good. I was like, are (laughs) you kidding me? He doesn't watch TV much at all. See, that's like... One of the things I say about that show when I talk about it with people, mm-hmm. because I started watching it when it first came out when I was teaching, yeah. so we would be in the teacher's room talking about it, and yeah. I'm like, the concept of this show is so good, but the acting is it's so terrible. cheesy. And he's like, it's great acting. I'm like, <laughs> you don't watch enough TV, because the acting is horrible. <laughs> and he, he was a pilot. I can't even believe that he likes that show. I don't know. Huh. Well, yeah, any podcasts you're listening to currently? You know, crime cults and coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I don't really... I don't know. I haven't been listening to any. Yeah. I, I haven't besides the one that I talked about, like, two yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. So. It's hard to stay caught up sometimes. Yeah. If you want to hear that. those episodes that I shouted out... Or those uh, podcasts, I'm sorry, that I shouted out last time, I put it in our new highlights on our Instagram, and it's called Shout Outs. I love that they have that now, like, on Instagram. You can add just as many as you want. Yeah. It's well, amazing. Well, technically not as many, because the one really? I had to make a... I have love-in for anyone, any of our listeners that tag us and stuff. Yeah. I add it to, like, podcast you had to make another one? I just had to make a second one, because it said... Like, max capacity, and it was deleting old ones. Oh, my God. How many? What's the max? I think it was, like, 100 or something, or 100 and something. I don't know. Damn. Yeah. But. Yeah. Let's move on to our coffee review. Yes. So, this week, we have another coffee from Black and Brass Coffee, which we did the whole big spiel of them um, on episode 42, which was the Boston Strangler episode. Yeah, so if you want to hear the whole shebang from them, please Mm -hmm. go back to episode 42 and listen, because you will want to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) We talk about how cool their shop is, and I mean, we haven't been there, but we really want to go. (laughs) And how Kelsey found out about the place, who recommended it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so take a listen back at that for that, for the whole big thing. Yeah. Uh, Their website is blackandbrasscoffee.com. 
and their Instagram is Black and Brass Coffee. Yes. So today's coffee that we're reviewing is their French Roast, which is technically a dark, like a dark roast coffee. Yeah, which I'm shocked that I like it. So I know much. <laughs> we were talking about it and we were like, we really like this one, and we're like looking at their little description, and it's a dark roast coffee. Yeah, on their bag, it's described as dark bold and glossy <laughs> and online it says it's a columbia roast it's a dark roast as kelsey mentioned and it has mellow chocolate notes smoky rich oils intense delicious aroma wow <laughs> i do taste the chocolate i will say that but it, it is very subtle yeah agreed like it's not like you're drinking hot chocolate yeah it's it very subtle yeah, if you, it's like a tiny, tiny undertone of it. It's not like you're drinking a chocolate-flavored coffee. Yeah, I Like agree. a mocha coffee from Dunkin'. Exactly, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. It doesn't taste like there's, like, actual chocolate in it. Yeah. But it's very subtle, and I think it's sweet at the end for me as well. I also like how it's kind of creamy tasting. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very smooth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But maybe that's the glossy. I think that's what they meant by glossy. <laughs> I don't know what they meant by glossy, but I like it. Smooth and glossy. <laughs> I'll so, take it. So, how do you want to rate this week? Um, I'll get, I, mm, I think I'm going to give it an 8, 8.5. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give it an 8. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like this. I just got... Caught up my words. I think you just had an accent for a little bit. I think you just had like, was I possessed? I think. I think you just had a little Irish accent for a second. Oh, thing. What? I think I'm going to. I All think right. I'm delirious. I rate it an eight. There's my Jersey accent coming back. Thank you so much, Black and Brass. Yes, we love you. We enjoy your coffee. You're so supportive. We appreciate you so much. And I think we mentioned it before, but they also sent a cute little face mask, which, by the way, people wear your fucking face masks. Because <laughs> let me tell you, COVID is coming back strong, at least where I'm working right now, and it's scaring the shit out of me, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, like lots of positives again and lots of testing again, so... I don't want to hear that. Not That's a lecture, terrifying. but I know. I literally, like, the other day when I was working and it was so busy, my heart literally dropped. You're like, like, here we go again. I can't do this again. Yeah. I cannot go through this again. Aww. Like, I don't think anyone wants to or, you know, expects to, but I hope it's not getting to that point. But obviously, healthcare workers are seeing everything firsthand and knowing yeah, knowing everything before everyone else does. With that I know. Kind I of think stuff. it's going to hit things... I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to put it out in the universe. But. Okay. Good plan. <sighs> I concur. I concur. I think that should be on a mug or something. Because <laughs> we say it so often. With a weird accent, too. I concur. <laughs> and and what? Put little asterisks with weird accent yeah. underneath it uh -huh. on the mug? Yeah. I think we should do that. <laughs> well, actually, not weird accent. I'm trying to do a British accent when I do it, but maybe it just it sounds sound weird. <laughs> maybe it, no, maybe it's supposed to be like maybe we're doing old fashioned true. accent. True. I think we're delirious like today. Like the 1600s. No, it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. All right, so, so grab, grab your coffee, coffee and, and have, have a morning, morning with us. us. 
All right, guys. So this week's episode was actually requested by one of my coworkers, Alyssa. She actually gave us the idea to um, do Jalea Davis's case as well. So she sent us this one too. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Yes. Thank you. You always come up with some really interesting cases. So I'm going to start off with the background. Today's case is about Jenny Lo Chang. So there was not a ton of info online about Jenny's life, which is sad, but you know how media can be with these type of things. They don't really focus on the person. They focus more so on what happened to them. I feel like this also was not a very publicized case at all. I even tried looking up some other podcasts yeah. to see pronunciations and to see if they had any more information than what I could find online. I could not find a single one that covered this case. I know. And just to kind of add to that, we wanted to get more in-depth stuff about this than what was just in the few articles. So some of this information are from blogs of... Actually, the one I, I researched was a blog of a student that went to the school. Oh, wow. Um, so just take that as you will. We, yeah. we did have to look into to that kind of, you know, resources for this episode because there wasn't a ton. Right. I actually almost dove into Reddit and then I was like, Same. I don't think I'm going to go there. And then I actually looked at a Reddit <laughs> and the comments were like, you did this bad or you did this poor, you did this case poorly or something like that. And I was like, I'm not even going to read no, this. I'm no, not no. going to put this into my brain. <laughs> um, okay. So background again, not enough, not a lot of info on Jenny's life. Um, But she was born on February 5th, 1958. Her father's name was Young Hong Chang, and he was born in Canton, China in 1911. He arrived to the U.S. at age nine on the Enyo Maru, which was a ship, and it actually traveled from Hong Kong to San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. And he got there on May 5th of 1921. So I that had to have been really scary at the age of nine in itself yeah. just to travel that far on a, on a ship, you know? Yeah, definitely. Jenny's mother was named Suk Yu Leong, and she was also from China. Um, Jenny was very smart and hardworking. She had good grades in school, and she reportedly made the dean's list consistently. She attended San Francisco State University. And some sources say that she majored in biology, but then others said pre-dental. So, again, take it as you will. I saw more biology than anything, though. Mm-hmm. I think there was actually something when we get to it towards the end that I'll, just, I'll mention it at the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jenny was also an active member of the Women in Science organization at the university, which is awesome. And just a little side note, Jenny was 19 years old at the time of this case that we'll be talking about. Mm, So she was a baby. She was very young. Yeah. So getting into the murder, uh, Sunday, September 11th, oddly enough. I know. I saw that and I was like, what a weird coincidence. Yeah. September 11th, 1977, Jenny was last seen alive by her roommate, Anne Thorson. This was around 6 o'clock p.m. She said she was going to go to the campus library, J. Paul Leonard Library, to use one of their study rooms to get work done. And in one article I read, it said that you actually needed to, like, book Rent the them room. Out. Yeah, yeah, she did, yeah. Yeah. So only the basement level of this library was open, and the study area was open until 11 p.m. that night. I don't know about your college libraries, but the rooms in the basement of my college library was creepy and terrifying. That's what I would think. Like, 
they would have, at least the one I went to, um, it had, like, weird, like, old computer setup with, like, block, like, cubicles almost. It was fucking creepy, so I can only imagine yeah. what this one looked like. I feel like the study area, any study area in my college that I went to, Main it was level. upstairs. Yeah. It was, like, all now. the way up. Yeah. Yeah. So, no one was in the library, or I'm sorry, no one in the library the night of September 11th, 1977, remembered seeing Jenny. So, they asked everyone that they knew was there. None of them saw, said they saw her. And Jenny never returned to her dorm room that night. Yeah, that's... that's So, then we're into the next day, Monday, September 12th, 1977. Her roommate reported her missing that morning. Go roommate for being so vigilant about it. The next day. Yeah. Good for her for saying Like, the next morning being like, okay, this is weird. She didn't come home. Yeah. So, a psychology professor went to the library, and I don't know if this was morning or afternoon. It wasn't really specified. I read somewhere that it was, like, three hours after the report. Okay. And entered a faculty reading room on the fourth floor. This professor found Jenny's body in the locked room. Locked room. Yeah. She was nude. Jenny had been stabbed 18 to 30 times, depending on the article, and beaten with a standing ashtray. Again, this was according to a news article that was published September 14th. And other sources stated that she was strangled and there was evidence of sexual assault. So, Ugh. deferring things with whether she was strangled or stabbed and beaten, but yeah. either way, she was sexually assaulted. That's horrible. Yeah. There were broken pieces of furniture all over the place, and her belongings were found in a neat pile nearby. One post actually said that her books and clothes were found neatly piled on top of a chair. Which makes you, like, what do you think of whenever you hear that? I think of e, uh, Joshua Maddox's case. That, and, like, I think of the fact that if they were neatly piled, I feel like she was the one that took them off and put them there, or, like, somebody, it was somebody that she knew at first, or something like that. You know what I mean? Or... After the fact, somebody did uh, it. yeah. I don't know. After the fact, someone's remorse somewhat kicked in, and maybe that was them being, like, or or them trying to, like, either them feeling kind of bad about it, or them maybe being, like, okay, I'm gonna do something so people don't know what happened. Like, if her shit was everywhere, they might be, like, okay, this is, like, a clear-cut thing of what happened. Yeah, because clearly, you know, there was a fight that was had with the furniture being broken, Mm -hmm. and she put up a fight. Yeah. So, now moving on into the investigation. This is a quote from Everybody Wiki. Quote, Police inspectors Dave Toschi and Jack Clearly stated that Chang would have had to enter the room with somebody who held a key as the doors were typically locked at 5 p.m. So, again, that's just a weird thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, how did she get into a locked room? Mm Mm-hmm. One article said approximately 200 people had master keys for the door, and another 1,200 faculty members had coded cards that could have opened the door. So that really doesn't narrow it down much at all. I mean, from maybe the million of other people in the world, but right? not, not but on not, the campus. Yeah. yeah. So some articles also said that 400 people had a key to the room that Jenny was found in, 
Another article said 1,400, so I don't know if there was a typo, um, but obviously that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. The 1,400 would make a little bit more sense, you know, with what we said earlier, but regardless, there was varying numbers. A lot of people had access to these doors. Yeah, because if it was 200 people that had master keys and 1,200 faculty members, that would be 1,400 1400 total. total. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, this isn't to say that the door couldn't have been left open by somebody as well. So, that that could just throw that whole thing out the window with mm-hmm. any of those people that have a key. If it happened to just be unlocked or if someone, like, intentionally Like, left. propped it open. Yeah. Yeah. Students and faculty were questioned and no one claimed to see or hear anything, which I don't understand how that's even possible. I mean, it was on the fourth floor, but still. And they were in the basement. Yeah. Only two people were ever questioned in regards to her murder. One was the campus security guard, and another was a faculty member. Okay. I just want to throw it out there that this is me speculating. Mm -hmm. This is my opinion. But the second I started reading about this case and heard about, like, oh, someone needed a key, instantly I thought, security guard. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like it was him after what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but... That's that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. One article also mentioned that around the same time, two other women had been assaulted and raped but survived. There was no description of the suspect and no dates mentioned, so... Which um, is so odd, yeah. unless the person had their face covered... How would there be no description of the person whatsoever? Maybe they did. Yeah. Or the person was just, the people were scared to give a description. Or they're keeping it under wraps because they don't want the public to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenny had no known enemies. There was no leads on, there were no leads and then the case eventually ended up going cold, which is literally, that would be my worst nightmare. Mm Mm-hmm. Jenny's family hired a private investigator to check in on the case, according to San Francisco Chronicles, which I would do the same thing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It has now been almost 45 years since Jenny Lo Chang was murdered, and her case remains unsolved. That is so sad. I just feel horrible for for her family. I hope that... And her. Yeah. I hope that enough evidence was kept, though, where maybe now that... Things are a lot further along than they were in the 1970s. Maybe a fingerprint was left on something, or DNA yeah. was left on something. If there was a fight, maybe there they had got to cut. Have been. Yeah, or maybe there, maybe they left something behind in the sexual assault. Like, I feel like if they appropriately and carefully kept evidence, yeah, maybe something can be. Something more can come of this. I hope so, because honestly, I feel like, you know, that's literally my worst nightmare. Like, if if somebody I knew were to die and then not know what happened to them, mm-hmm. or, like, who did it, and just to have to be left with that unrest the, your, the rest of your life, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. So, getting into some theories that have come up around this case, the first one is that the Zodiac Killer was involved. And many of you have most likely heard of this serial killer. If you haven't, to sum it up, uh, the Zodiac Killer was never caught. The identity is unknown. And 
Most of his or her confirmed victims were all killed in the Bay Area in the 1960s. So it would match up-ish with timing. Yeah. Didn't we watch a documentary on the Zodiac Killer the one day? Mm, I think we watched the Zodiac Killer movie with Jake, with, um, Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Did I? I think so, because you were like, have you ever seen the movie The Zodiac? And I'm like, yes, and you're like, it's so good. I can't remember anything I watched <laughs> after the fact unless it was, like, yesterday. Yeah. I knew I watched something with it, but yeah. it was a while ago. There was actually something that came out this, or this past year, I think it was 2020, where someone, well, a, a group of people finally solved one of his letters that has been unsolved for years. They decoded mm, The God. Zodiac's letter. Yeah, so... If you are listening and you don't know the Zodiac Killer... Look him up. Look him up. up. Maybe we'll cover... I'm pretty sure it's a male, yeah. but... Maybe we'll cover it in the future, even though that's a big one and a really well-known one. Yeah. But, yeah, look him up or watch the movie because... It is crazy. Yeah, that one's a crazy one. So, the next theory was that it was a man named Rodney Alcala, and th- this man was known as the Dating Game Killer... He was in California for the end half of 1977, so same year. Yeah. But he was mostly in the L.A. area. He was never known to stab a victim, so if the stabbing part actually did happen mm-hmm. with her, then most likely it wasn't him. His victims were bludgeoned and strangled, so if the bludgeoning and the strangling part did happen with her, then... Could have been the same. Could have been. Yeah. He was known to pretend to be a photographer to lure them with modeling. Oh, like another familiar. one that we've done. <laughs> I sounds that apparently was a typical thing in the seventies. I can't eighties era maybe. I'm happy we're out of that like careless in not careless, but like innocence almost. Yeah. Like I that is scary as shit. I feel like nowadays if someone were to like come up to me and be like, oh, Come to my Come house to, and mom. You could be a model for me. I'm a photographer. Meet me. I'd be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Let alone, like, no. I'm going to call the happen. police. Take those thick glasses off. <laughs> be gone. Be gone. <laughs> Get some contact lenses. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ew. So, where was I? All right. So, someone with access to the campus, library, and staff room was also a theory to have lured her there, which is the one that I definitely lean towards. Yeah, I mean, it would make the most sense. Yeah. Like, why else would they have access to the door? Even if they knew that, like, even if the door was propped open, they knew it was there, they knew they could get away with it without anybody hearing. Right, right. Like, they they just had the logistics of it. And I feel like... Even if there was a serial killer in the area during that time, I would I would lean more towards towards this still. Yeah, and I feel like it was so hush hush, almost kind of to protect the university. Mm, That's maybe. my theory, but I don't know. Yeah. So this person again would have obviously needed a key. It was thrown out there that it could have been a library guard, the security guard, a professor. There was a faculty member that left campus during the time of the murder to drive 15 minutes down the street to his girlfriend's house, which I guess maybe sent up a little red flag for him, but I, guess. I mean, not, I, I feel like that's, that could have actually happened though. Right. And allegedly when detectives showed him pics of the crime scene, it didn't seem to bother him at all. 
I'm laughing because this autocorrect. No, I feel was, like we're always laughing at autocorrect typo on my part. Oh, okay. It says allegedly <laughs> when detectives showed him pics of the crime scene, it didn't seem to mother him. <laughs> the, like a mom saying, "No, it's okay. you should." Yeah, or it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. You don't have to be creeped out. <laughs> okay, then. The library guard or security guard that was on duty the night of her murder consistently comes up, and as mentioned, this is the one I lean towards. Yeah, it makes the most sense, for mm-hmm. me, like, honestly. Allegedly, he left work early the day of the murder with no notice, and he did not turn in his keys or check with his supervisor at all. He just bounced. Right. And allegedly, again, he <laughs> called out the next day. Which is sketchy as hell if that's really true. Yeah, I feel like that right there is even sketchier than leaving work early. The day Calling of the out the next day. Yeah, like, ooh, I'm not feeling well. I realized I murdered someone. Like, is your name James, sir? <laughs> is your name James? <laughs> and if you don't know who I'm talking about, go you back should. to episode one. You should. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a good call out. Apparently, then he got fired. And his father was a sheriff in San Diego, so... Which we all know how that goes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And there was record of using sex workers and then not paying them, telling them he was a cop to scare them into avoiding reporting the situation, which is so beyond fucked up. Yeah. And that... I feel like that right there shows that he's a shitty freaking person. Yeah. And also has some type of thing towards women and presenting himself as a form of authority when he's not. You're a campus security guard, first of all. You're not even a police officer. Yeah. Like, the fact that he even used that. If you're listening and you're a campus security guard, though, and you're actually not a piece of shit, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. No bad, no bad feelings towards campus security, but, like, unless you murdered someone. But I feel like he definitely rides around on one of those, what are they called, uh... Um, not oh, segways. Yeah, segways. With a helmet. Yeah, and he has, like, clear, like, stretchy glasses on. Stretchy? Like, what? Yeah, the ones with the stretchy back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, the kids Like, wear. it has, like, a lanyard attached. Yes, yes, yes. Like, when kids, like, have to play... You know what I'm talking about when kids have to play yeah. sports with, like, the big goggles? And he was from the 70s, so you know he was wearing really thick, clear glasses. It was definitely him. It was him. I think so. Yeah. I don't even know his name, but it was him. James. His name is James. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, those were the theories. Now, I'm going to move on to something a little happy as we try to add on. Um, There is a scholarship fund that has been created in her memory, and it's called the Jenny Lo Chang Scholarship. Yeah, and this is a quote, the whole thing I'm about to read, so just bear with me here. The Jenny Lo Chang Scholarship was originally created through an endowment fund established by Associated Students Incorporated, or ASI, of San Francisco State University in honor of the late Jenny Lo Chang. Miss Chang was an Asian American student attending SF State in the late 1970s. She was a high achiever who viewed life as a series of challenges and a woman who met each of those challenges successfully. As a biology major, she was passionate about science and medicine and hoped of becoming an orthodontist. So that kind of actually combines the biology That's and dental. That's what I was talking about <laughs> earlier when I said we would get to it later. That's it. People. And this is from 
Like, this is a factual... Like, actual on the... Yeah, that ha- that goes along with her scholarship fund, so obviously it's accurate. Yeah. Um, okay, next part. That dream was never realized when her life came to a tragic end the morning of September 12th, 1977. Mm. As of today, her murder remains unsolved. In her memory, ASI has established a scholarship in her name. And that was a quote from the San Francisco State University website. So all that's accurate. I wish there were answers for Jenny. I know. I feel so sorry for her and just the way her family was left. I know. With this. There was really, like, no... And I get that it was, you know, earlier and media wasn't as huge, but there was, like, no media coverage. I don't know. Yeah. Um... And just a side note, one eligibility requirement is to, quote, be actively involved in the empowerment of women in the Bay Area community, especially but not exclusively in the advancement of women in nursing sciences and technology. I love that. Yeah, so that's one of the requirements for the the scholarship. Oh. Yeah. So I'm really happy that they were able to turn it into, you know, something like this for other young women like Jenny. Yeah. So, just a quick add-on here. If anyone has any information about Jenny or what could have happened to Jenny or, you know, something sketchy that day, um, you can contact San Francisco State University Police Department. Their number is 415-338-7200. And we'll put this in the show notes. I'm also going to put a website. I feel like if I read it, it's just going to be confusing. Mm -hmm. There's also an anonymous crime tip line on that website that we'll put up. Or you can also contact San Francisco Police Department at 415-553-0123. I always get so nervous reading numbers. I know. (laughs) Um, There's anonymous 24-7 tip line, which is 415-575-4444. So you can also text a, a tip or submit an online tip anonymously through a website that we will put up as well. We'll have all that information. Just wanted to give you a quick um run down on that if you're driving and you want to take a listen back i feel like even if there were people in there studying or professors there late at night working or something like that even if you didn't hear any hear anything happening you had to have seen you could have seen like the security guard walk in the hallway to put him there at that time or Mm -hmm. another professor walking down the hallway to put them there at that time yeah or someone sketchy walking into the building that you didn't recognize like there has to be someone who saw or heard something the thing that like is weird to me though is like nobody and this may be that nobody knew jenny personally and like wasn't like looking out for her or like just looking you know and noticed her but like Nobody noticed Jenny. You know what I mean? The in the entire library. Unless she never made it downstairs. Yeah. But in which case, how would she what start happened? off at the fourth floor though? You know what I mean? Unless someone brought her in. Right. And but what would be there? There had to have been a ruse then to be like, mm-hmm. oh, come with me upstairs. Like I'll, I'll show you this or uh, oh, you can use my, you can use this room. It's yeah. a lot quieter. You know somebody what I mean? Somebody would have had. To, I just like somebody had to see something. Yeah. Because no, if no one ever saw her in that study hall area, that means it was only six-something at night because she left her dorm or her left her roommate wherever they were at six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. If this was on campus, I mean, I don't know how big the campus was, but yeah. it 
couldn't have been that long. Like, let's say it's like 6.30, 6.45. It's still early enough out where people are going to yeah. be observant. It's not like you're like walking on a pitch black, in a pitch black room and there's right. one other person there besides you. Yeah, I, I agree. The Some of the information I got from for this case was, like I said, on a blog. And the girl that wrote it, you know, at the time went to this university and she actually worked full-time in the library as well. Wow. But they tore down the library that this case happened in with yeah. Jenny. And they rebuilt a new one in the same location. And she worked in the newer library. And she said at night she, like, hears things in the library. Almost, like, as if somebody were to, like, put their hand on books and, like, walk by. Like, wow. the sound of that. And she's like, I wonder... To this day, like, if it's Jenny, yeah, you know, like, not getting justice and, like, just hanging around, she can't rest. I'm sure. I know. I'm sure, especially since she died in such a horrific way. And, and like, to not, and I get that whenever, it's the afterlife and you, I, I mean, at least I think that you don't worry about things that happen on Earth, but how could you, I don't know, I would be so worried about people not knowing how I died. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, too, is even if she's coming back and coming around not because of how brutally she was murdered mm-hmm. but because she's like I need justice and, and my I family needs answers yeah what happened to me yeah and who did it yeah oh it's so sad well I wonder if any of her family or any anyone is still around that maybe we can get in her touch father with was and... in, yeah her father was born in 1911 so probably probably not, not. Oh, I feel so sorry for her. Yeah. And then that means, like, her parents potentially died without answers. Yeah. And... That just sounds like the most horrific thing. And I wonder if the people in question are also around anymore, or if all those potential answers died with them. Probably at this point, or they're very, very, very old at this point, you know. Who cares if they did it, put their ass in jail. I know justice 45 years later yeah i i just feel like if i mean we really wanted to cover this and thank you Alyssa, for suggesting this Mm -hmm. because i had never heard of this case me either and just from researching online seeing how little there was about it and then trying to find people who have covered it Mm -hmm. and seeing that no one really has that's so sad made it even more important for us to do this case because as mentioned on our podcast we try to cover kind of the cases that aren't as much in the limelight or haven't got gotten as much attention as they should when there's other cases out there that the media hyper focuses on not saying that those aren't as important right but it doesn't um, put one person's you know murder above somebody else no it's just like we want to bring attention to these things and I feel like I wonder if there is any attention still on this case or if it's just in a box somewhere sitting and no one's even thinking to pull it out and retest any evidence they may have for almost 45 years later. I hope that there's, like, a police officer one day that's like, I'm going to reopen this. Yeah, and if there's a cold case it. unit. Yeah. Then, I mean... San Francisco is big enough where there should be a cold case unit, and if it has to do with the college, you think people would be on top of that, but mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know. This case is sad, but we can only hope. I know this one was very sad when I was researching it. I was like, this, 
This is, like, heartbreaking. It is. It's really sad for them. Yeah. And for Jenny. I just, I really don't, I mean, all of this is sad, but as mentioned, I, I have a tough time with ones that don't have answers. Yeah. Like, cold cases. I just really usually don't like doing those. because you, like, feel for their family and for them, and I don't know. At least, you know, having something horrible happen and then knowing what happened and, you know, that it's closed is one thing. But to have it open, it's just a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, that's the case of Jenny Lo Chang. Yeah, we wish we had more for you guys and more details about her life in general. Yeah. Maybe one day we will. Hopefully we do. Hopefully we have an update episode. Yeah. Eventually. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Right. And on that note. That's it. That's it. Do you want to talk about anything else? No, I think we just have a listener story. Yeah. So we'll get to that. Yeah. So, enjoy, guys. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) We're the listeners. Surprise, bitches. And the hostess. Do you know that quote? No. Surprise. Oh, yeah. Yes, you do. From American Horror Story? Yes. Because it's on... Because you want to know why? Why? Because you got me wine glasses that say quotes (laughs) of American Horror Story. (laughs) And I just unpacked them the other day. Is that the trick from now on? I just get you movie quote Yeah, I have to see... I have to see the quote. Yeah. Yeah, Madison Montgomery, surprise bitches. Yeah. So, I'm going to tell a listener story today. This is Bryn speaking. (laughs) (laughs) This is Bryn on the morning announcements. If you don't know my voice by now, welcome to Rydell High. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's from Greece. And uh, so, my listener story, I'm going to tell you guys a little spooky one. I remember, I I've heard this, but I don't remember, because I can't remember anything. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit that happened in this one. I'll sum it up nicely, I think. I'll, I'll try. So, I think I've mentioned in other episodes that my dad's an electrician. Yeah. So, whenever there were creepy houses that he, were, he was, were, was working in, or houses that they were renovating and no one was living in it, but... There's, well, there were stories of it being haunted or something. He'd be, he knows I love this stuff, so he'd be like, okay, come to the house, come check it out, whatever. Meanwhile, he's like, there's nothing Yeah, there. he's like, I'm the skeptic, but welcome. Come on in. So, this one specific house, I, I've always had experiences since I was little, and at this house, I think I was probably about 13, nah, maybe younger, actually, because we hadn't moved yet so I was probably like nine or ten wow I was probably like nine or ten years old little Bryn walking around <laughs> yeah. the house doing my uh ghost tour <laughs> so we went to this house and he had told us stories about uh construction workers that were there seeing a man in a uh full-blown like black suit attire walking past them I would poop my pants <laughs> yeah like uh complete apparition fully yeah. seen um, when he was there, which he'll deny now, he did before, smoke alarms went off in the house, and he checked them all, and there were no batteries in all of them. Ew. Yeah. So, stuff like that. Lights going on, and there was, like, like, no electric hooked up. Stuff like that. Ew. So, we get to this house, and he, like, briefly told us about it. We go there. It's this fucking beautiful mansion. We go inside, and my mom has a story where she actually... I don't know if she brought this up when she was on the podcast, but there was this beautiful hand-carved fireplace, Mm -hmm. and she went to touch it because she's like, oh, this is beautiful, 
and she literally couldn't physically put her hand on the fireplace. Like, she oh said God. something was preventing her from touching it. Oh my God. Yeah. So, this same day, I was walking around the house, and there were kind of, there was a, a normal, like, big grand staircase to get up the one side, and you can continue up, and it would lead you all the way to the top of the house. Oh, my God. And then my dad showed me this, like, little hidden staircase mm-hmm. that you can go, like, it was almost like a secret door staircase. To lead to up to the top of the house, and we were gonna, he was gonna show us this one balcony part up there. So, knowing me, he was like, Oh, you probably wanna go up the secret little hidden staircase, so this mm-hmm. is where it is. So, the rest of my family, my brothers were little at this point, um, the rest of my family went to go up the normal staircase, and I went to go up the little hidden staircase, and I was like, Oh, I'll meet you upstairs. And I went to walk up the staircase. And I was up probably, like, two or three stairs, and all of a sudden, I literally felt my hair grabbed and tugged to the point where my head, like, got pulled back. Ew! Yeah. And I turned around to, like, yell at one of my brothers because I figured it was one of my little brothers just being, like, a jerk. Yeah, like a child. (laughs) Yeah, little jerky child. And there was no one there. And I blood-curdling screamed and ran out. (laughs) And up the stairs to my parents, and I was almost crying because I, I was so freaked out. Oh, my God. What'd your yeah. dad say? He was like, ah. Like, this is just in your head. I'm like, yeah. Dad, my head fucking whipped. I was pulled. I had whiplash <laughs> from this little ghost. So, anyway, other weird stuff happened while we were there. Just, like, noises in the house, whatever. Yeah. So then, my brothers also had a story that... I think it was only a couple years ago, Casey brought it up to Carson and was like, did this actually happen? And Or no, Carson brought it up to Casey, because Casey wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> Casey, Carson brought it up to Casey and said, did this actually happen, or did I imagine this as a child? Because I've just, like, told this story yeah, and stuff. Because, yeah, because, like, as I mentioned, they were little. So, Casey was actually like, no, that actually happened. They apparently went into the attic space of this house. Why? Why? (laughs) And the door closed behind them, and they thought it was my dad playing a prank, pretending to lock them in, and my dad was like, no, I never did that, when they asked him. Oh my god. And they said while they were in this attic, you know those, like, blow-up lawn things that are, like, a snowman (laughs) and, like... Like a jack o' lantern, like the things that are at car washes. Yeah, but not as big. Not like the the floppy arm. Yeah, not thing. the floppy arm thing. Okay, but like people have it on their oh, front yes, lawns like, for holidays. Yes, yeah. Like, okay. The, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, it was like that, but it might not have been the blow up ones. It might have been like the plastic snowmen and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was decoration, like holiday decoration. And my brothers said that. I think it was, it must have been a Halloween one, because I think if I remember correctly, it was, like, a monster of some sort, Mm -hmm. like a Frankenstein or something. They said it lit up and started, like, moving towards them. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. No. Really? And they both said 
this happened. I don't remember this story. Because Carson, I think, was like, for the longest time, I thought it was like a dream or something I had as a kid. And Casey was like, no, that happened. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. How are they not traumatized? Maybe that's why Casey doesn't talk about shit like this. Ever since the Frankenstein. He's like, no, I must block it out. <laughs> I was like, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared of everything now. And then when we went to leave the house later that day, I remember going out to the car. And my brothers got in the car. And then I went to, I was about to get in, and my mom was like, Mike, to my dad, my mom was like, Mike, was there someone else walking, or working in the house besides you today? And my dad was like, no, why? And she's like, there's someone in that top window. Yeah. And we looked, and like, the curtain like, moved. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's my story of the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion starring Eddie Murphy. <laughs> now you can go to Disney World and view it. You may go to Disney Plus for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> when you pictured the house, though, like when you were talking about it, I pictured, um, oh God, what's the OA? The second season of it? Similar, actually. That's what I'm picturing. Similar, because it was one of those... I have to show you. These houses are beautiful. It was in the area... I'm not going to mention the area because I yeah. don't want it to get a bad rap or whatnot or people to know... To go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah to, like, start bothering those people. But it's the area I mentioned the other day where they have these beautiful oh, yeah, yeah. mansions and the houses are not your typical mansion where you picture, like, this big, white, lavish, mm -hmm. like, like old, they're older, unique. yeah, 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 and have kind of, um, stone up like part of it, and, and yeah, the architecture is beautiful, uh, but I'll show you creepy. pictures after, of, like, we have to drive by this house now, because I need to see, like, my dad still knows where it is, really, because I remember, I don't know, Maybe, like, ten years ago or something, we were driving through the area, and I recognized the area and said, is this similar to where that house was? And he was like, oh, yeah, we can drive past. We're close to it. We'll drive past it right now. And then we drove past it, and he's like, that's, that's the house. Maybe you brought out the spirit man when you were there, and if you go back, he'll, like, wave at the window again. <laughs> what the? Like, hey! He's like, oh, I'm going to my ball. Yeah. Yeah, he was, they said he was in, like, a tuxedo suit, like, one of those ones that had the... Like, the old-fashioned ones that had All the, the way down. Like yeah. The, the train. The train the down. The, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Weird. And, like, a top hat. Weird. Yeah. Wow, well, I want to meet this man, but actually I don't because I I'm, wonder if he had a curly mustache. Probably. And a monocle. I was That's just going to say picturing. The, I couldn't think of the word. The one-eye glass. The monocle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he definitely had... He had to have had a monocle. That's what I'm picturing, in a little cane. He was actually the Monopoly man. <laughs> he was. He was Mr. Monopoly himself. <laughs> Lived in that house, born and raised. <laughs> Resides there till this day. Go visit him. Uh, well, well, that was good. Yeah. Appreciate that one. Thank you. Do we have anything else we want to add in before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, we, we want, you guys need to write in your listener stories. I know. I get so interested listening to other people's, and I've had a couple people be like, yes, I'll do it, but then it's like, it's hard. I know. So if it's hard, and you just want us to read it, we will read it. Just write it down. I feel like Casey and Carson need to do that, because 
I feel like they definitely have stories that they, they just, just don't want to say. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. So maybe we just read their stories for them. Carson's like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, why? You talk to me every day. Just pretend like we're talking. We tried to convince Casey for a good 15 minutes today, and he wasn't having we it. We were like, come on. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm not going on the podcast. Yeah. No. We tricked him. Who did we say that came on? <laughs> they actually didn't. <laughs> Who was that? Who did we say? I forgot. He's like, did they? Oh, really care. Freeze. No, we tried <laughs> no. telling him that he would. Yeah. No, it was someone else. One of I his forgot. friends. No. Yeah, we were like, this person came on, and he was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> we were like, damn it. It didn't work. <laughs> but yeah, I think we do have a couple people who had said they would like to, but we just haven't set anything up with them yet because we've been crazy busy. Yeah, I'm going to text my coworker actually, because she has a lot of crazy shit. She's really into ghost tours and stuff, and she yeah. goes on a bunch with her, with her boyfriend, yeah. Well, we have Lexi, who texted me her story. That's so good. And yeah. I read it to you, and we need to... Lexi, if you're listening, we need to set that up with you. I'm sorry, we haven't. Yeah. We just... Honestly, we're focusing on trying to get the merch out right now, which is also... Plus, remember, Crazy. we also have full-time jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, remember. Plus, remember, also, I have a wedding in three months. <laughs> two months. Oh, my God, two months. Yeah, we've been crazy with that shit. Yeah, but so we are trying to get this stuff out. Actually, there's a bit of merchandise getting shipped to us now. We just got the sh- delivery yeah. email, so be aware. Good stuff. And uh, is that horses running? Yes. I wonder if you guys my can hear heart. it. My heart just stopped. I thought I thought I was hearing that in my mind's eye the for horse a second. Gallop. <laughs> yeah. I literally my heart just stopped. I was like, I was what the like fuck? is this a ghost cowboy riding up to me <laughs> on his stallion? Yeah. <laughs> like what is happening? Um, but yeah, we besides the merch, I I mean, yeah, we have our full-time jobs. I try to run my riot babe on the side, which it's it, hard. Yeah. It is hard, not complaining at all, because we love doing it, but it is difficult sometimes. But I think that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening to us ramble. And we'll, (laughs) you guys can hear us ramble next week. (laughs) We love you. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook